You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 211. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 211. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello there, Mr. Smith. Well, hello there, Mrs. Smith. How are you doing? And Ms. together we are Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Smith. I-, <laughs> I was going to go, the <laughs> wow. We were not on the same page. Not on the same that. page. Wow. I was pretty sure you were going to catch that one. Okay. No, I was totally You're like, not catching what I'm throwing here. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Glad to have you here today. We have a cool topic today that I haven't really posed in this manner before. So I'm hoping that it's really helpful for you. And we're going to be discussing the difference between fear the emotion of fear or that kind of primitive response of fear and your inner critic. What's Hmm. kind of the difference between the two? How do they work in tandem? And then how do we manage them? What do we do about it? As always, you know, I like to have takeaways and step-by-steps and, you know, a nice orderly flow to everything. But before we get into all of that. Obviously, you have a little segment of the week that you're going to be doing, and we'll dive into that as well. But I do hear a little something coming around the the distance there. I do hear it. That is right, people. We've got a free shit alert for you, and it is a doozy. Not that I don't give a free shit. I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm like, we do a free shit alert almost every podcast these every days, right? Time. This a is lot. these are one of my favorite favorite things to teach and I have a workshop coming up. It's happening this week. There are two different dates and times that you can sign up for so that it will work with your schedule and it's called three ways to immediately silence your inner shit talker. And you can easily get your registration. Very simple. You just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register, and that will get you your PDF workbook that you will absolutely want to have. Because as I've talked about many times before, you definitely need to get things out on paper. You need to have some sort of commitment. Everything else, if it just floats around in your mind, is just a good idea. It's not something that you're going to do differently in your world. So you have to, have to, have to have the workbook. Otherwise, it's a waste of your time. Thejoyjunkie.com slash register. I want to talk to you a bit about what we're going to be discussing and what you're going to learn. The first thing, we're going to be talking about how to stop your inner shit talker dead in her tracks, his or her tracks. Like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And we do that by figuring out what triggers your self-defeating thoughts and speaking to yourself like a friend instead of an arch nemesis. So why does this matter? Because this is the voice that stops us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here today, but this workshop will obviously dig in much deeper. That inner critic is what arrests 
everything that we want and desire in our world, the things we want to go after. And you have to have that inner conversation that pushes you towards what you want instead of focusing on all the shit you don't want. I mean, think about how often we talk shit to ourselves about all of the things we do not want in our worlds. Yeah. Imagine if we could switch that, if we could change that. Imagine walking into a job interview or a meeting with an important client And you start saying things to yourself like, you've totally got this. I'm so proud of you and how you've prepared for this. You have so much to offer this team. They are lucky to have. I mean, imagine that. Seriously. Think about how much would shift in your world if you spoke to yourself consistently in that manner. You would likely put yourself out there more, date more, ask for what you want from your spouse or your children or your parents or fill in the blank. And it's not uncommon for my clients and students and people who I have worked with to find their dream jobs, the love of their lives, go after you know starting a brand new business that they've always wanted to do. Why? Because what you say to yourself matters. It sure does. And when you speak positively to yourself, you gain confidence and confidence gets you what you want, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You look at people who are hugely successful, there's action behind them for sure, but the people who are successful and happy speak kindly to themselves, period. I mean, right. you, we definitely see people who are successful, but they're not that fucking happy at right. all, Yeah, you definitely right? see that for sure. And that can be indicative of how you speak to yourself. So, But that's what we all want. We just want to be happy, and so much of that has to do with how we speak to ourselves. Any people pleasers out there, we're going to be talking about <laughs> – People pleasing. We're going to be talking about perfectionism. So I don't know if, if we have any of those on the list, <laughs> right? I don't think our listeners are like that. Well, it, they may not know this, but I would say I have two very prominent types of people who follow my work, and this I've seen consistently with clients and students. They either are really arrested and debilitated by people pleasing behavior, or by chronic perfectionism. Yeah, that's kind of why I said that. Yeah. That's like, that's the demo. Those it, are the people that need this the most. That's right. For sure. If you're out there and you're going, oh, yeah, I know I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Those of you listening who identify in that way, first of all, you got to start saying recovering, recovering. perfectionist yeah. or perfectionist in remission is one of my favorites. <laughs> Have you ever done this where you've gotten in a disagreement or maybe even in an all-out fight with somebody in your life, a spouse, a kid, a parent, boss, friend, if they don't do something the way you think it has to be done? I mean, like fighting over the stupid shit where you're like, why'd you load the dishwasher like that? Or why can't you close the window blinds this exact same way? Or why did you submit that report that... And then it ends up all this angst and frustration. And here's the bottom line, you guys. Being a perfectionist is a recipe for always ending up deflated, anxious, and unhappy, period. Because you quite literally can never reach your goal. Perfect does not exist. So essentially forever and ever, nothing will ever be good enough. And that feels awful. You're sabotaging yourself. Exactly. Setting yourself up. To, to always feel unhappy. Yeah. And that is so frustrating. And that's why you see people who are perfectionist behaviors or who employ perfectionist behaviors rather, who are striving, 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 checking off all the boxes and wondering why the emotion of happiness isn't there. Mm-hmm. 
because it's gotten completely lost in the shuffle because you're striving for something that you cannot attain. So in this workshop, we're going to be looking at how can you actually loosen that grip on perfectionism? Because when you're able to do this, really, truly do this, and in my near decade of doing this work, I've seen hundreds of people step into this, everything in your life, and I mean everything, is more enjoyable. Your connections with your kids are richer. Your life is far less stressful. You're able to really enjoy your friendships. And my absolute favorite is that you free up tons of time, which allows you to spend time on things that bring you joy. And, you know, the anecdote that I've used before about how I stressed out about the sandwiches being cut in triangles instead of squares, that steals my joy. That doesn't make me happy. So once I've really learned to relinquish that, I don't waste my energy on shit like that that doesn't ultimately matter. And I have so much more room for joy in my life, for happiness, for fulfillment, because I spend it on things I really value. It's because you're the fucking joy junkie. Well, the joy fucking junkie. (laughs) We're also going to talk about how to craft mantras that don't feel like a big old bullshit lie. This is one of my favorite concepts and tools to teach. Here's why this is so important. You are likely bought the fuck in to your negative self-talk. You believe wholeheartedly that you're not good enough or that you fucked up that last relationship. Don't even realize that they are. Of course not. That's how subconscious works. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get it all into the psychology of it, but it is ingrained. That's right. So whatever we substitute it with has to be something that you believe. This whole personal growth thing will not work if you do not believe your positive self-talk. And a lot of experts will have you try to jump from self-loathing to self-love in an instant, which is kind of like going on a date with somebody and then they start talking all of a sudden about how you guys are going to decorate your kid's room. And you're like, wait, 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 run for the hills, right? It's too big of a jump to wrap your brain around. You need a transition, something that works for where you are now. Yeah. Right? I've created this formula that I'm going to teach you that will work with any type of negative self-talk that you want to change and it does it in a way that you can actually believe. And like I mentioned before, when you start to make this a habit, this perpetual, constant self-talk that is positive, your relationships are stronger because you speak up for yourself and what you need and what you desire. You finally start that business because you have the confidence in yourself. You finally get back in shape and get back into those skinny jeans. You get the promotion. You start dating again or maybe even get find your soulmate. Successful people who are happy, truly madly happy, speak kindly to themselves, this period. Period. Yeah. If you want to learn, I will teach you. And if you've accompanied me on any of these workshops, you know I I really do not fuck around. I give you quantifiable, tactile tools that you can implement to make this shit a reality. Like yesterday. When's this all happening? This is all happening this week. And if you want to get in, if you want to make sure you do not miss this, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register. Grab a time slot that works for you. and And get registered. We will get some shit handled. Sound good? I love it. All right. Cool. Maybe Mr. Smith will make a cameo. I don't know. (laughs) You're like, don't commit me. Don't commit me. I made a cameo on your uh, 
Uh, after hours. In after hours, yeah. that's right. If you want further conversation, be sure to check out thejoyjunkie.com slash club. I'll throw all of this stuff in the show notes page too so that you can find it all in one place. Yeah, nice easy package. Yeah, exactly. Nice and tidy. <laughs> Not to be confused with being a perfectionist. <laughs> but if you go to the After Hours Club or you can just search us on Facebook and you can join the conversation there. We'll be talking about it a lot in there and having some discussion after hours, which mm. is kind of cool. Lots of support. Cool. But my goodness, I've been blabbing. Why don't we pass it over to you for a minute? I guess it's my segment, isn't it? It's the... Would you rather... Yeah, we just got new photos around this, dude. They're so fun. I know. Yeah, we had a, we, Oh, that reminds me. I want to give a huge, huge, huge fucking shout out to Amanda Patrice. Oh. I'm going to put her website in the show notes page. Yeah. It's amandapatrice.com, I believe. The most genius photographer. She's amazing. Ever. So it- So Cal. It's not a shout out. It would be a- Warm fuzzy. It would. Oh, you're right. You're. Thank you, Mr. Smith. And thank you for keep. That's right. Because we do warm fuzzy Wednesdays and after right. hours. That's, that's right. That's right. So we are giving a huge warm fuzzy to Amanda Patrice. Yay! Warm fuzzy. All right, back to the would you rather. Now it's your turn. With that little segue, would you rather never to be able to use social media again? Yikes! Or never be able to watch a movie again? It's a tough decision. I think for me, I would go, well, my business would, right, at, as, at this point, would be fucked yeah. if I didn't have You're social media. You're all about media. social media. That's why I thought, wow, that'd be a tough it's one It's the way you. in which I engage with, I mean, that's the whole reason I started After Hours was yeah. so that I could talk to the audience and connect with people because, like, if, if I... I'm going to do some behind the scenes videos in after hours, but if you could see how I look right now and like, I'm an office of one, sometimes <laughs> two, if I'm lucky to have Mr. Smith, I would vote for, I think I would have to keep my social media. Would. I would say no more movies because at least I could do documentaries and television. And stuff I could like avoid that. the social media. I, I'd I think you could too. Me. I'd rather watch movies. Yeah. That'd be my choice. So anyway. every week we're talking about this in the after hours Facebook group. So, be sure to do a search there. Again, you can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. Let's jump into the difference between fear and inner critic. I think this is kind of an interesting, nuanced way to talk about our inner conversation and the emotional response that we have. And I don't think it really gets talked about much. I think that there's a lot of people in the personal development space that really lumps them together. And I think... For the most part, that makes a lot of relevant sense if you're just getting started. But we did a podcast a while ago about new devil or new level, new devil. And it's how yeah, your inner critic right. starts to change. And I will definitely throw that into the show notes page as well if you want to listen to that episode. But I think that after you've really delved into personal development for a while, it's kind of cool to understand what is really happening and what are the slightly nuanced differences behind some of these terms and how do they work in tandem with one another and understanding that so that you can create the change that you want, so that you have more tools in your toolbox, essentially. Here's the deal with fear. Fear is essentially an emotion. It's what, something that we feel. It is also 
an emotional response or a biological response that's designed to take care of us. It's a survival mechanism. Yeah. We've talked about that a handful of times, how it's designed to literally keep us safe. That's why we have, you know, the fight or flight, freeze responses to things. That's exactly right. Inner critic, however, is typically the language. It is the voice of fear. One is more of a dialogue. That's your inner critic. The other is something that you feel, that you experience viscerally. Make sense? Yep. So that's just a little bit of context. However, they really do work very, very much in tandem. Three things that I want to talk about today. And the first is the major place where they show up together is in that lovely little quote, what if? Where mm. we just get inundated with the what ifs. What if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I am alone? What if they don't like me? What if I'm rejected? When you say what if, they are basically working together at the same time. So you've got the wording, which is the inner critic, the voice. What if they don't like me? And the subsequent feeling that might be like a rapid heartbeat or your heart kind of falls or it's kind of discouraging or sad or it's typically not something that feels awesome. Yeah. Right? You're right. What if is kind of like followed by something negative most of the time. Exactly. Which is a perfect segue, which you had no idea, as you always do, <laughs> my love. This is a perfect opportunity to give you guys one of my favorite tools that I don't know if I've ever shared on the pod before. And it's called What If Good, What If Bad? And the idea is that when we say what if, we want to see some sort of conclusion to the story. As humans, when we have stories in our heads, we want there to be a finish to it. Right. So if we start saying something like, what if we assume that that's the conclusion of the story? What if I get rejected? That's the conclusion. Oh, yeah. I, I totally that will be that. shitty. Yeah. The end of that story sucks. Right. The beautiful news is that we are wildly creative and we can make all sorts of stories, <laughs> including positive ones. Yes. Here's how you use this tool anytime you notice yourself go into the what ifs. And I'm going to talk a little bit about if that comes to you through emotion or if that comes to you through the verbal voice that you hear in your head and what to do about it. But whenever you notice that what if conversation and it's negative and you have the emotional feeling of fear attached with it, what if they don't like me? What if I fail? What if my kid fucks up? What if I hurt him? Etc. I want you to stop and notice it and then tell a different story. Go into what if good. A lot of times what we don't realize is our what if bad is catastrophic. We, Typically. It's yeah. usually the worst case scenario. We're dramatic. We make up tall, tall tales. Let's make ones with much happier endings. If we're going to be so fucking hyperbolic, let's make them a fantasy. Because our catastrophic situation that we've projected in our minds is equally as possible as something magical and euphoric to happen. Perfect. In fact, what usually happens is something totally unrelated or right down the middle. 
right? Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. you're saying like, what if I totally fuck up on this interview and I'm horrible and they hate me and I'm ostracized from this entire career field and then I'm going to be destitute and then you keep going in this like spiral and then I'm going to be, you know, I'll never be able to provide for my family and you just keep going and going and going, feeding off that initial fear or that initial conversation. If you are to switch it to something more positive, you know, let's say you make up something hugely fantastic. Like what if they love me? They want me to be the new face of their company or they want to promote me to regional manager, not just, you know, director or whatever. I don't know the hierarchy of, I think it's opposite. (laughs) What if they want me to be on Oprah next week and blah, 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 blah. What really happens in real life is usually neither of those two things. We're just such good storytellers that we go to the extremes. And I don't exactly know why we do that. All I know is I think, damn, Smitty, you're fucking creative. That's what I try to do when I catch myself going into a a what if negative spiral is I stop myself. I'm like, damn, that was really creative. Now let's try a what if good. And what this does is it distracts your mind. It especially is advantageous for people who have chronic anxiety or obsessive thought patterns and tend to ruminate on things and replay and rehash and relook at everything over and over again. As I've shared with you guys, that's very much my history. I don't, I feel like I have quite a grasp on it now, but there was a time when I could not stop that crazy train. And what I have to do still is reroute what I choose to focus on. And this is a perfect tool to distract my mind from focusing on the shit I do not want. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, to follow my face in an interview or on stage or any place really. In a workshop. Or in a workshop. That's right. Have a presentation (laughs) pitfall. I don't want to have that. And it's also highly unlikely that Ellen is listening and wants me to come be on her show. You never know. What, that, that's true. <laughs> so, which is such a great point. Wouldn't it be so much better for me to focus my energy then on what I do want or what I would want to happen instead of getting sucked into this vicious fear spiral? All of it is just energy. All of it is just where we put our mental agility, where we expend our mental energy. It's like a bank account. You can like give all your cash over here to negative, or you can start investing in shit you do want and what you do care about. It's it's actually extremely simple. We're just not taught that. And again, in the workshop that I have coming up this week, I have an additional tool that I'm going to talk to you about specifically around what ifs and the different tools that you need to change some of that inner conversation in sort of different ways than we're talking today. So it's kind of an elevated level, elevated toolbox that you can use. So today, I definitely want you to be focusing on good what if, bad what if. Okay. Just start there. Start noticing where our fear and your inner critic working together on you. And it usually sounds like, what if? Start switching that to, okay, what if shit hits the fan? Okay, I I got that one down. Now, what if, good. What if euphoria? What if an amazing scenario came out of it and distract your mind? Right. So you had, 
in the beginning, you said, you know, there's a lot of times self-help people will take you from where you are to like this total self-love, you know, fast. Yep. So how do you design yourself a what if that is believable? That's a great question. In good what if, bad what if, we're playing two intense opposites. We're not necessarily doing a positive self-talk mantra. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you want to absolutely believe in. Like if if you – I'm talking about more like statements. A lot of times people will say, just tell yourself that you love yourself, for instance. Got it. And it's like, I can't. I can't buy into that. These are actually two different tools. So this is great that you brought this up. The way that you speak to yourself is more like a mantra, a statement, a short snippet. Instead of saying you're worthless, you might say like, okay, well, that didn't feel very good. That might be a gateway, something that you could say that you'd actually believe. What if good, what if bad is more about distracting yourself, a choice of a way to focus your mental energy on it's almost like going to watch a movie instead of going down this negative thought process all about the horrible what ifs okay it's going into like ooh let's focus on this instead now that being said if something that you're focusing on like you know what if they invite me on Ellen and blah blah, blah if that feels too fantastic take us a step back right it doesn't have to be equal in intensity to your what if negative, your what if bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, then this is, I'm really glad you brought this up because this is also why I like to say they call it personal development for a reason because it's fucking personal. You might hear that tool and go, ooh, that seems like a huge jump for me. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to distract my mind with a story, something to occupy my mental bandwidth, I need that to be fairly believable. Right. That's Do that what too. I was getting at. Yeah, that's perfect. That's absolutely okay. fine. Whatever gives you the most relief, that's what you pay attention to. As we've talked about before with emotions, how you feel is incredibly important. If you're working with that tool and I know it tends to be more advantageous if you like I said struggle with lots of anxiety, going into like a really fantastic kind of dreamland is so great because you just it's like this departure yeah if that's too extreme for you tweak it it's your fucking mind right like (laughs) do what you do with it what you will i'm really glad you brought that up and you'll be going to detail that in the workshop absolutely in the workshop we're going to be talking specifically about statements mantras that you can believe got it for instance if you were to walk into a job interview what would you want to say to yourself instead of, oh, my God, I hope they like me. I hope they think I'm that. Oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous. And, like, you're yeah, focusing yeah, yeah. on all the shit you don't want. Uh-huh. We'll be able to craft a statement that you cool. can say that you do buy into. Nice. Okay. Okay. Step two. I want you to start paying attention to both fear and the inner critic. But whichever one comes up, dig for the other one. And I'm going to give you – a couple of examples. This is a way to kind of elevate your understanding of what is getting in your way. It just gives you more fodder to start creating what you do really truly want in your life. We've talked about this a, a few times before on the pod about how some people experience their inner critic very much emotionally. They don't necessarily hear chatter or a voice or a specific 
words. They might experience everything emotionally. They will likely feel fear before they really understand what's really going on. Conversely, other people are extremely literal and hear very crisp dialogue in their head. And then others are kind of a hybrid. I tend to be a hybrid. I have both. And I've started to learn how to excavate through whichever manner they come to me. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. For instance, let's say you are cruising through Facebook and you get a pang of jealousy because you see somebody you went to high school with and now they are a bikini model and they travel all over the world and they're flawless and gorgeous and they just are jet setting and you aren't pleased with where you are at with your own fitness and you feel a something, right? Like a pang of jealousy, sadness, fear, embarrassment, shame. Your inner critic is coming to you through your emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you want to dig for what's really there. What is the wording for what you're really experiencing? This is really a great place to pull out a journal or even use dictation on your phone, you know, voice notes, things like that, oh, just yeah. to get it out from your mind and onto paper or into the ether. That's a good tool. And so start asking yourself, what is the fear behind this? And sometimes you have to dig pretty deep. Like, am I afraid that I'm not lovable? Is that what I, where I just went to, oh my God, she's so much more attractive than me. And that must mean I'm not valuable or sexy or feminine or couldn't be as successful as that person. What am I afraid of? Is there fear there? Hmm. You may also have an experience where you are going into a conversation with somebody and you get kind of a rapid heartbeat. You start feeling something because you're nervous, you're scared what they might think. Maybe you're scared of conflict. Maybe you're scared of being rejected. How do I speak to myself because I'm experiencing this fear? All you need to do if you start experiencing kind of that emotion is to look for what is underneath that. Do I believe something negatively about myself? Am I really afraid of something? Look for the dialogue, the words behind the emotion. Mm -hmm. And then do I say certain things to myself because I feel this way or does it influence my life or infringe on my life in any way? For instance, if you are seeing that person that you deem really successful on Facebook, do you get really discouraged and then go binge eat or call up an ex to try to garner love? How does that inner critic that's coming to you through fear, through an emotion, influence your behavior? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, it can also come to you through negative self-talk. And these, these are much, much easier to catch because it's a voice in your head. I mean, it's a dialogue. It's very clear. It's very crisp, typically. And then that will lead to a feeling. And the way this kind of happens is you might hear a phrase in your voice or in your head that says, oh my gosh, what if he's mad at me? Let's say you had an altercation or a conversation with somebody and you just got a weird vibe or something maybe at work. And you have this thought that goes off that says, what if he's mad at me, which leads to a ton of emotion. Then you might start feeling 
a little bit nervous, rapid heartbeat, a little bit fearful, and that tends to lead you into a rumination spiral, anxiety, obsession, replaying things, and you're locked into that same emotional frequency. And so they're very much in tandem, as you can see. Sure. But the point is for you to start excavating that, that whatever is happening for you through whatever means it shows up and look at what is underneath that so that you can alter it. I love it. And then finally, once you've kind of unearthed that, once you have addressed what is really happening there, like, oh my God, I can see what's happening here. I am really just fearful about being accepted or being rejected, or I'm so nervous about conflict. What's that really about? Oh my goodness. And then you can decide on, do I need to do something to give myself a better feeling? which might mean getting away from the computer and going to do a workout or calling a friend that makes you feel better. Maybe you nurture the feeling, nurture the emotion, and you do it in a way that's healthy. Or you choose self-talk that is more powerful. And again, we're going to teach you all of that stuff at the workshop. So you definitely want to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and get your spot so that you can craft these self-talk statements specifically to your issue that's mm -hmm. at hand. Right. And we do it based off of emotion. So they're very much tied together, how you want to feel about a specific issue. And that's how we craft your mantra. But you have to come to the workshop to hear all of the specifics. So that final step, after you've kind of excavated a little bit about what is going on for you, then you either choose, do I need something to make me feel? feel better, the emotional nurturing, or do I need to speak more kindly to myself? Which one will create more relief or do both? Yeah. The hybrid. Do the hybrid. Right. Exactly. Do the hybrid. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. No, let's not do that. You're definitely the singer in this family. But does that make sense? It's, yeah. It's, no. I, you know, we, we talk so much about self-talk that a lot of times coming at it from the emotional side, we don't. So it's, I'm glad you're hitting on that. I really think that it shows up in such different ways different for ways. people. Yeah. And it's not like it's always words for you. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like there really are. I mean, my best friend all talks about how she's a, an extremely auditory learner and her self-talk is almost always verbal. Whereas I tend to lean more towards the emotional piece, but I definitely hear both Yeah, and feel both. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's, it's also learning where those show up for you. You know, for me, I do get much more of an emotional response anytime I have a comparison that comes up for me. That typically, I feel it. I don't say she's better than you or he's more successful. I don't ever say that in my head. Right. I just have like, a heart, my heart drops and I feel kind of a sinking, depressed feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I look underneath it, I go, oh, what's that fear about? Oh, it's it's fear of me not accomplishing what I want, that I'm not good in, and oh, okay, that's not real, that's not true. And then I can counteract that with positive self-talk I do want to believe. Right. Or it's just another way yeah. of getting your awareness. Right? Exactly. Awareness Mr. Smith. is really what it is. That's what's gonna fine-tune these tools for you, is being aware of how it shows up. Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a great way to 
summarize that. Again, these three steps are really noticing your what ifs. That's typically where your fear will be in tandem with your inner critic. And then working with the good what if, bad what if tool, switching it to either something extremely fantastic and and over the top story to distract your mind or something really palatable and believable or realistic for you, whatever resonates with your spirit. Number two, paying attention to both avenues of entry through emotions or through very scripted, crystal clear verbiage in your mind. And then finally, counteract it, trump it, get on top of it, do something that will make you feel better or self-talk that makes you feel better, you know, some, whichever avenue or both that really help you kind of get through that rough patch. Right. And like I said, throughout this whole episode, if you want more on that and more crystallized tools, come to the workshop and you'll have obviously an entire workbook to chronicle everything. And I know we've been pimping that workshop, but um, (laughs) I I think in a one hour podcast, it's impossible. Well, like 30 minutes. Uh, Yeah. Or 45 or whatever it is. It's impossible to be able to communicate exactly because it's because it's individual. Right. It's individual. So you have to figure out what it is for you. So you need something like a workshop to be able to get to that point. And that, you know, that's a great point too, because we will be, you'll have the opportunity. There's a chat feature. So you can throw in like, well, what if I say this to myself Uh, or what? And we do Q and a, and you'll have the opportunity to get a little bit of that feedback because when you just listen on the, another reason why I started after hours so that we could talk about this stuff that we go through on the pod in the Facebook group. If you're just listening on the podcast, you just kind of are like, ah, but what about this? And, and in our mind, yeah, exactly. What if? <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't get it because she doesn't have kids. Or yeah, but well, of course she that she understands that because she this is what she does for a living. And the minute we negate something like that, we shut off. We so s- you sure as fuck aren't going to dig into your self talk. You're not. Yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. shut down. You're like, nope. You've decided I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to push myself. Anyway, I could go yeah. on and on as I do, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I will continue to do. Anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think I added what I needed to. Cool. Yeah. Check out the show notes page for all of the different links and resources available to you. And I'm hoping that I will see you at the workshop this week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.